Hello everyone and welcome to In My Mug episode 354 on Monday the 24th of August 2015. I'm your host as always, Stephen Layton. And as always, welcome to In My Mug and welcome to some news. Okay, so some news. We have some lovely new graphics on the site. Uh, you should go check them out. The new banners, new brew guide links, and new icons for the brew guides. A little bit of a spring clean, even though it's August, so it's a little bit late for a spring clean. Maybe it's an autumn clean. I don't know. It's a clean anyway. Uh, go check them out. Please do let me know what you think. Uh, we have a bank holiday coming up next Monday. Um, we will be closed just for that Monday, but just be aware if you're sticking an order in on Thursday, Friday, just be aware of that Monday uh, not being here to roast stuff. So, uh, yes, in your calendars. Um, have you tried the coffee flower tea yet? If not, you should, because the stocks are disappearing very quickly. We have more of some than the others, um, the varietals, that is. Um, so unless you ordinate, you won't get to try all of those different varietals, so you should definitely do that. And that was the news. Um, so now it's time for Focus On, and uh, this week we're going to be talking about why Costa Ricans have such long coffee names. So I get asked a lot about why Costa Rican coffee names are so long. It's one of the most frequent emails we get. Um, so in this week's Focus On, I'm going to try and explain it to you. And I'm going to use this week's coffee as, uh, as the example, if you like. So the first part, Costa Rica, well, it's very obvious. It's from the country of Costa Rica. Um, Finca Arbar. Now, in this case, it's the name of the micro mill where the coffee is processed. Um, it's normal in Costa Rica that... Some families own a few farms, this family owns two, uh, it also can be one, but they'll have a different mill name to the farm name. Um, and on the mill they can process the smaller lots into even smaller lots, so they can keep the identity of the farms, uh, but they include the mill name in there. Um, the, this week's coffee, we actually bought the Depulpa for the mill there, but they've also got drying patios and lots of other things going on, So, <clears throat> and that's where the family home is as well, where the mill, uh, the mill is. And then you've got El Oasis. Now, El Oasis is the name of the farm. Uh, this family has said on two farms. We did El Mantial uh, in episode 307, uh, which is the other farm. Then the next part of the name is Red Honey. Now, this is the process. Uh, when it's pulped, when the cherry's removed, they leave a little extra mucilage on. Uh, this is a common thing in Costa Rica. Uh, you could just call it pulp natural. But the fact that we know it's a red honey means that there's going to be more of that sweetness. It's going to be closer to the natural kind of tight end than it is the washed end. And then Katura. Katura is a varietal. So that was focus on. So this week's coffee, it's the third year of having it. Um, and every year we find out a little bit more and a little bit more about the farm. It's like a jigsaw that we keep finding new pieces for. Uh, when we first found it in 2013, I had virtually no information on it. Um, it didn't even have a name back then. Um, it was just uh, Carlos Arieta and that was it. Um, I say on the visits, the last two years, I found out more and more and the relationships got stronger and stronger. Um, back in 2013, uh, I was at the exporter's office in Costa Rica, uh, last day I was about to fly home, cupping coffees, and I found this one bowl that I absolutely loved, absolutely adored it. And um, cupping away and he's like, this is really good. And um, I said, oh, well, the, the, the guy's actually here. Um, 
this ensued the worst negotiation that I've ever, ever had for coffee. Um, it is really a coffee 101 on not how not to buy a specialty coffee. So I asked Carlos, I was like, so how much do you want for this coffee? And he replied, how much do you like it? And I think you could tell by the way I was dancing around the cupping table and going, this is amazing, that I liked it a lot. So I said, a lot. And he said, then I'd like a lot, please. Um, and I said, okay. And um, luckily for me, uh, we had some grown-ups in the room who um, who jumped into negotiations, shall I, shall I say, uh, in the exporter's office and, and, and made it something that would be more sustainable. Um, but... At that moment in my life, I would have given Carlos my house, my car, my pension plan, my savings, anything he wanted for that coffee. But we agreed a price, um, a price that rewarded Carlos for what was an amazing coffee, um, and the, by far the highest price he's ever got, um, and it left me with somewhere to live and, and some savings. Um, so yes, coffee buying can be very emotional sometimes, and uh, that was definitely the most emotional I ever got about buying coffee um, back then the farm didn't have a name as I said it was called Carlos Arieta and that was it that was all we knew about it and then the next year when I went back uh, because they got extra money the family had spent quite a bit of extra money um, on the farm so they decided to call the mill Arbar uh, which is uh, also where they live um, they built drying tables, they built a small nursery. Uh, they didn't have a depulper on the farm, they were actually paying for that depulper, that coffee to be depulped at a neighbour's farm. Um, but everything was new, um, and uh, before they'd sold to us, they'd just sold to the local co op, and they had no interaction with buyers, they had no idea what they could get for their coffee. But all of these investments in infrastructure have been really good. Um, and then I found out that they had two farms. So it wasn't just Carlos Arieta and it wasn't just Arbar, but they had this one, El Oasis, um, which was the coffee that we first bought. And then there was El Mantial, which is the coffee that we reviewed in 307. Um, the farms are located in the Western Valley, uh, near the town of Lourdes de Naranjo, uh, altitude of 1600 metres, has mostly Katura with a tiny bit of Villasarchi. Um, and they have plans to plant some micro lots uh, in the future. Um, but the farm doesn't produce a great deal. It produces around about 1,500 ki uh, kilograms a year, 1.5 tonnes. Uh, that's it. Uh, the farm is very much a family concern. Uh, it's run with his wife, Isabe uh, Maria Isabella. Um, and then there's Jessica and Karen and Stephen and Jose. Um, and they've all lived on the farm for 15 years. Uh processing and selling to the co-ops um, and for some reason like he not he wanted to find a buyer but never been able to find a buyer um, and it was only when he started working with the exporter who we buy from that obviously the, the, the link came together now last year you may remember this coffee was a little bit more expensive than it is now um, in fact the first year it was even more expensive and that was because there was so little of it um, and we really wanted to reward uh, Carlos because he brought more coffee we negotiated a better price, but last year we sold it for £7.82 or something like that. I can't remember the exact price. Um, but anyway, um, that was to pay for a depulper. So this coffee this year has been depulped by the depulper that you guys bought with your 22 or is it 28 pence extra 
Um, you did that. Not me. You. Uh, you guys who buy the coffee meant that he can now have more control. He can save more money. Um, so ultimately that depulper will, will pay for itself many times over. Um, but more importantly, we're going to get better coffee. And I think we've seen that this year, that this coffee has actually come out better than it did the, the, the year before. And that's your generosity. So I hope it makes you feel warm inside like it does me. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's just, it's been a superb uh, experiment. And it's a great way of giving something back, um, something back to the farm. Um, you may know Roland from Roland's Daft Fact. Well, Roland is obviously part of the roasting team here, but he'd never been to Origin, uh, never been to a producing country. So this year as part of his development, which is really just getting out my hair for a week, um, we sent him to Costa Rica to be a judge on the Cup of Excellence competition. Um, and uh, he actually did a really good blog while he was away. So if you go to hasblog.co.uk, you can go and read about his Costa Rican adventure. And this was uh, back in March this year. Um, but really interesting read. And also on toomuchcoffee.com, he posted some Costa Rican facts up there. So you should go and check those out and, uh, and, and look it up. So we should go through the figures. So the, the country, of course, is Costa Rica. It's from the Western Valley. Nearest city is Lourdes de Naranjo. The farm is called El Oasis. The farmer is Carlos Arieta. Uh, the micro mill is called Finca Arbar. The altitude is 1,600 metres above sea level. It is a mixture of Katura, Katayi, and I think, yeah, Vilasachi, And it is a red honey. Right, so we should go and do this week's map bit, which I know is pretty good. So here we are, waving you off as always, and we're going up, up and away. Now, we've done this map bit before. We did El Mantial, which is the, the, the neighbouring farm that's also owned by uh, Carlos. Um, but we're going to have a slightly different view of it today. We're focusing on Central America. I always find it weird that Mexico isn't part of Central America. I don't know why I find it weird, but it's unusual. Because um, it really is. It's not North America. But we're focusing on Costa Rica. Uh, and there's very two distinct regions in Costa Rica. The bottom little tag there, that's Tarazu. And then we've got the central and western valleys that we're looking at today. So the Tem Tempesque River Bridge that connects the mainland to the Nicoya Peninsula, Peninsula was a gift from Taiwan. I wonder if it's got a little Made in Taiwan stamp on it. I hope it has. That would really make me happy. Um, so we're going down. Quite a funky way to go down there. And we're going um, right down to the details here. And you can see that we've got... Um, we've got the uh, Oasis and El Mantial, and they really are just different ends of the road uh, and different sides of the road. So you can see to the left is the uh, is the house and the, the mill part as well. So you've got uh, all of Arbar in view. And then you've got this amazing view of the topography, and it really is super pretty. Now, right by where El Mantial is, you've also got Vista El Val, which is um, a relative of Carlos's. So you've got the highest uh, point is 3,810 metres, which is the Ciro Shipiri. Yeah, you can read it. I can't. Um, and the lowest point, of course, is the ocean because it does have its own coastline. Um, but absolutely amazing views there. You've got Herbazoo, which is another famous farm, and you've got Licho just around the corner from it as well. It really is just a hot spot for amazing coffees. Um, got some really great, really strong relationships. And it's great to visit them because you can do them all in around about an hour. Anyway, that was the map bit. Told you it was a good one, didn't I? Um, yeah, I love it when the map bits are so clear and you can get all that detail. Very, very close to uh, uh, Vista El Val. Um, 
which is uh, another farm that we buy from. Right, now it's time for Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. Funny that Stephen should mention Vista El Val, as Vista El Val is across the road from Arbar Mill and is also owned by the cousin of Carlos. I know this because I've been to Costa Rica, don't you know? Roland never mentions he's been to Costa Rica and he never mentions he's been to Arbar. He's properly in love with this farm. Properly in love. I think him and Carlos have got like a man thing going on. There's, uh, there's definitely some love there. Right, wipe you on pause. Gonna go and get tasty and delicious drinks. Be back with you in just a tick. So I'm back, let's get into this cup. So starting with the espresso. So every time I have this coffee, the acidity is the thing that hits me. You don't find it often, there's probably three or four coffees that we have every year that you find this pineapple in. This is definitely one of them. There's a real peach and apricot to it, which is something which is much more common. But there's also, it's just like a fruit juice acidity. It really is sharp and I know I've, I've used this descriptive for the last couple of years for it, but it reminds me of that Five Alive tropical fruit juice because you just get all of these different fruits all of the time and it really is. It's a sharp espresso, but I like that sometimes and I'm, 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 I'm liking that. So into the milk. Acidity comes down, sweetness comes up. That works. You get a very, very definite coffee taste coming through as well, which is, I like that in my cappuccinos because I'm kind of, I'm always looking for coffees that will work well in barista competitions and it always says the coffee has to come through and the coffee really does come through in that one. Um, that's a good cappuccino. Even if the milk foam's a bit rubbish, techno. Techno is put on the spot. I've made him rush to make these drinks today and he's, he's all flustered out there. He's uh, working with coffee that was hot out the roaster, so. Now this is where the tropical fruit comes in. It really is like one of those little Five Alive cartons. It is super juicy, super clean, super acidity. Lots of different fruits going on. You can find all sorts in there. Very clean, very well processed. Very well grown. Thank you, Pedro. It's um, not Pedro, um, Carlos, Carlos Arrieta. Um, yes, thank you, Carlos. You have brewed, uh, grown an amazing coffee um, and we are very, very grateful for it. Right, time to wrap up. Thank you for joining me as always. And do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee.